Dumb and Busted has been called, quote, one of America's greatest treasures by three out of three hosts of the show. Dumb and Busted is a weekly true crime comedy podcast with stories of exceptionally smart and insanely dumb crimes. Comedian Hunter Donaldson has hailed it as the greatest thing to come out of Portland since comedian Hunter Donaldson, who is me, also hosts the show. Podcasters Allison Copeland and Hannah Ether praise Dumb and Busted as, quote, found on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Just more rave reviews from two other people who host the show. Catch us every Thursday and follow us at Dumb and Busted on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Crime you later! Welcome, everybody, to a new episode of Mysterious Circumstances Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the disappearance and death of William Hurley. But first, I need to thank some new Patreon subscribers. We got Pam, Emma, Chris, Shadira, and M. Thank you all very, very much. I appreciate it. I hope you're enjoying your uh, backlog of episodes on the uh, Patreon feed. If anybody else would like to donate, everything's pretty much a buck a month. I keep it uh, fairly cheap for everybody. So go to patreon.com slash mysterious circumstances. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N slash mysterious circumstances. Or you can just simply buy me a beer or a shot or a cup of coffee at uh, Venmo. And for those of you familiar with Venmo, just look up at MC Podcast. There you can find me. Buy me a beer, whatever the case might be. But uh, there will be some reviews after this episode as well. So... I suppose on that note, why don't you go ahead and crack open a beer? Let's try to solve some of the unsolvable. His picture on a flyer now marks the area he was last seen on Nashua Street in Boston, leaving a Bruins game at the Garden. William Hurley's girlfriend says she was talking with him on the cell phone just minutes before she got here to Nashua Street to pick him up. This remains a real mystery to his family. No one can understand how he disappeared so quickly. I was right around the corner. Police have searched the area, including again today with no new leads turning up. But there was no reason to wander off since he knew a ride was coming. The identification of that person, but police are not making it public just yet. This is the point in the river where that body was discovered late this afternoon. Police tell us a woman passing by saw the body of that man partially submerged along the riverbank. We also know tonight that police do not think that foul play was involved. State police dive teams made the recovery. We do know that police were able to make a quick identification because a wallet was found on that body. Now, again, this is not considered a homicide, but the medical examiner is still determining the exact cause of death. No, I don't think it was an accident. I've never thought it was an accident. All right. William Hurley was 24 years old. He was a native of North Carolina. He was a Navy vet, and he was living with his girlfriend at the time, Claire Mahoney, for about 10 months in Quincy, Massachusetts, which is just outside of Boston. His job was a greenskeeper at Weston Country Club in Weston, Massachusetts. He was 5'8", 155 pounds, and a thin build. On Thursday, October 8th, 2009, he takes a train to Brighton to meet his friend Brendan Venti at his house. They meet up with another guy. They take some more public transportation to get to what is Williams' first Boston Bruins hockey game, which was located at TD Gardens in Boston. Uh, needless to say, 
William was very, very excited about this. It was his first hockey game. After the first period during intermission, he tells his friend he's tired. He did work earlier that day, so Brendan kind of figured that's what it was. And he wants to leave, so he calls his girlfriend, and she offers to come pick him up because he's unfamiliar with the area. He had just moved there, you know, 10 months earlier or whatnot. That previous uh, December is when he actually moved there. While he's on the phone with his girlfriend, he tells her that, you know, his phone is about ready to die, so, you know, hurry up and get there. Now, she says, you know, she's pretty close. She was almost there. She asks where he is. And he asks a passerby his location. You know, he's like, hey, what's the address? And she hears a guy in the background yell 99 Nashua Street. And right about then, William Hurley's phone goes dead. Now, the girlfriend, from what she said, gets there a minute or two later. She said she was just right around the corner, literally almost there. And when she gets there, he's nowhere to be found. And she says, quote, I beeped, I yelled, I looked around. I walked around, I drove around for an hour, I was right around the corner, but when I got there, Will was gone, end quote. So she's not 100% sure exactly what to do, so she goes back home. And when she gets there, she starts calling the local hospitals, she starts calling friends, and there's absolutely nothing. Hospitals have nobody in by that name, none of his friends have seen him since, you know, the end of the, the end of the period in the hockey game. So an unknown amount of time goes by and she calls the Boston and Quincy police to file a missing persons report. Both of them said they would not take a missing persons report that she had to wait the standard 24 hours. Now, even though she knew this was very, very out of character and it was very strange, still had to wait the standard 24 hours. Next day, Friday... She goes to both police stations and files reports uh, because, like I had said, the, the disappearance was extremely out of character. So she was pretty troubled by it. So she immediately, as soon as she can, goes and files those reports. Her and her sister go to TD Garden. They start hanging up missing person flyers just all around the area. They totally blanket it. The cops at this time really didn't have any reason to suspect foul play, even though it was out of character. You know, that's not really saying much. And I know that's a shitty thing to say, but you know how many missing persons reports that they get that are out of character and the person shows up a few hours later. They, you know, were out somewhere, got lost, whatever the case might be, didn't want to be around, had a fight, whatever. You know, can't really blame them for that, but they do start investigating it. After she files those reports, She they do start investigating it as a missing persons case. Now, the following Monday on October 12th, William's mom arrives from North Carolina. Her and his girlfriend, Claire, uh, both go speak to people in the area where he went missing. Uh, they get absolutely no information from anybody. They talk to everybody. I mean, they talk to homeless people, bartenders, anybody that they could find in that area. And they, absolutely nobody had seen him. The police also start searching the area at this time, and they do put two boats in the Charles River. Um, now, it should be noted, and for those of you who do follow me on social media, you're going to see a map. I Google mapped and pinned the locations from where he was at, where he 
made the phone call and where his uh, body was later found. So you can kind of get a visual of what I'm saying. On Nashua Street, there is a rehab hospital. That's where the cops put in their boats to, to kind of search the Charles River right there. They later said that they found things of interest, but nothing concrete. Now, what they did find at that time and during one of those searches was they found his smashed cell phone. And at this point in time, they're thinking that he possibly dropped it and that the cell phone got ran over by a car, which it did show signs. There are certain ways if you drop a cell phone that it breaks or cracks when it is driven over by a car. So that's, you know, initially what they thought. Now, on Wednesday, October 14th at 2.30 a.m., I read two separate reports from a couple different newspaper articles, one of which said a woman walking uh, sees a body half-submerged about 25 feet from shore, just right around 200 Nashua Street. Uh, the other report that I read was that the Boston police were walking on foot patrol and saw the body. Either way... At this time, police water patrol is called, and they go retrieve the body. Now, on the body, wallet and keys were found on the body, okay? The immediate autopsy said the body had been in water for a couple of days, and there were no signs of foul play because there were no physical injuries to William's body. Then the cops do say they have to do a toxicology report to see if there's anything in his bloodstream to see if he was drinking. Uh, his friend, Brendan Venti, at the game told police that he didn't drink that much. So I don't really see how he would have been drunk or whatever. And his girlfriend even says that he sounded fine on the phone. He just kept saying that he was tired. What happens is it gets ruled as an undetermined drowning. There was no evidence of foul play. The cops even tracked down the passerby that gave him the address that um, William's girlfriend Claire heard on the phone in the background. The, the cops actually tracked this guy down, and he hadn't seen him after that. He just kept on walking or whatever the case might have been. Now, you should know, okay, there are many, many cameras many security cameras in this area and on these security cameras you can see him staggering and kind of stumbling around he you know he can't hold his balance very well you also need to note the reason that there are so many cameras around here security cameras is because from where the call was placed to where his body was eventually found it's not a long walk it's literally a five-minute walk. I tracked it on Google Maps. Now, between, like I said, where he made the phone call and where his body was found, there is a sheriff department. There's a police station right there. Suffolk County Jail is right there in between those two spots. Just keep that in mind. Now, like I said, all these security cameras did capture him, and he's stumbling around, like I said, can't keep his balance. And the cops thought that he had just walked, you know, to the water's edge and ended up falling in because there's no fence, there's no barricade around where the Charles River is. So you could you could possibly just be drunk and stumble in and drown or be dead. So the case is closed. All right, now the family comes out and they start contesting this. Uh, 
because the autopsy that was performed found blunt force trauma to the head, trauma under the right eye socket, on the side of his nose, and behind his left leg. Now here's the thing. Toxicology report says he had very low blood alcohol levels, but he did have GHB in his system. Now for those of you who do not know what GHB is, it is the date rape drug. He did have that in his system. But I'm going to tell you a little fact. I actually learned this while researching this case. According to forensic toxicologist Sabra Botch-Jones, she says, quote, We all naturally have a certain level of GHB in our bodies at any given point in time, but it can also be administered as a drug. We typically use a cutoff of about 10 micrograms per milliliter for GHB to distinguish between natural GHB levels and administration of the drug, end quote. Now what she's saying here is, when they test for GHB, when they test for the date rape drug in your system, whether it's a, a case like a rape case or something like that, or during an autopsy after a death, she's saying that no more than 10 micrograms per milliliter of GHB can it be in your system at any given time. If they would have found under 10 micrograms per milliliter in his blood, they wouldn't have thought that was weird because it's a natural occurrence in your body. So they could have wrote that off as, oh, you know, it's it's natural. No, You know, it wasn't administered. Nobody gave anything to him. Well, the toxicology report said that Hurley had 18 micrograms of GHB in his system and Forensic toxicologist Sabra Botch-Jones goes on to say, quote, he is under the influence of an impairing substance, end quote. So she straight up says somebody gave him something. Somebody slipped him some GHB. Now, all this is pretty weird, right? Because first of all, you have the, the contradicting autopsy reports from what the police say to, you know, what the actual autopsy report says. They said no signs of foul play. And I think part of that is because the damages that, that you can suffer from falling in the water, maybe hitting rocks, maybe your body's in the water. Like they said, they had, the body had been in the water for a couple of days. So they're thinking maybe it could have hit something, maybe something along the shoreline, you know, anything of that nature. So cops aren't really doing the greatest, greatest job, they should have taken it a step further. But at the same time, when you're looking at it from the outside in, it's easy to say that, you know, because it's not out of the realm of possibility that those injuries could occur after death while a body's floating in the water for a couple of days, which is what they had, uh, what they had determined. So after the concerns of the family were expressed, and the fact that this is really, really odd, all right, there are these four guys that have this theory. Three of them are retired NYPD detectives by the name of Kevin Gannon, Michael Donovan, and Anthony Duarte, and another one is a is a professor by the name of Dr. Lee Gilbertson. Now, they believe Hurley could be a victim of the Smiley Face Killers, which is, as we know, uh, supposedly a gang of a 
bunch of different serial killers. They they murder men in their early 20s and dump their bodies in local rivers and local lakes and stuff like that. But they always leave behind smiley face symbols. Now, Gannon and Dr. Gilbertson, they decided to consult with forensic pathologist Dr. Elizabeth Laposada. I'm pretty sure that's how you say that. And then they also wanted to talk to an underwater forensic investigator by the name of Rhonda Moniz. And they wanted to talk to them about William Hurley's facial injuries and his body, the where they found it, right there in the river. Dr. Laposada, she says that the bruising on the side of his nose and under his right eye could not have been the result of falling into water. She said, quote, when someone falls, they hit the bony prominences. So they hit their chin, they hit the tip of their nose, they hit their cheekbones. They don't hit the recessed area, end quote. She also says that wounds could not have been inflicted post-mortem. Quote, to have a really fully developed contusion, as Mr. Hurley had, you would have to have the heart pumping. La Posada concluded, now, because of the way Hurley's face was all bruised up, meaning it was the recessed areas, you know, like the eye socket, the inside and inner part, and the inside, the, you know, the side of his nose and not around the tip or anything, she went ahead and said that he had sustained the injuries just minutes before the contusion appeared. She said, quote, it would be something around the event of his death, end quote. So it would have had to been pretty close to where he died because of the bruising. You know, there wasn't blood flowing through his body. Now, there is a thing that they find suspicious as well, and it is the location where his remains were recovered. Now, they say that it is impossible for Hurley to enter the water near Nashua Street because his body was found upstream from location. Now, when you're looking at the river from, say, Google Maps or Google Earth, like I said, I will post a picture of the locations and stuff uh, when I post the episode. When you're looking at it, the the Charles River is to the northwest of TD Garden, and the water current flows to the northeast. So his body being found that far later, you know, that amount of time later, his body would have been dumped somewhere further upriver, like maybe towards the southwest of TD Garden, you know, like southwest from there, and then it floated upstream or whatnot. Um, because, like I said, because of the current. Moniz says, quote, the interesting thing is the Charles River current flows northeasterly, and uh, he was found in the opposite direction of the Charles before 99 Nashua Street, which would have been against the current. There's no way that a body is going to go against the current, end quote. Gannon and Dr. Gilbertson concluded that Hurley would have had to enter the river much further upstream, which is what I was just saying, or that his body was dumped in the water 10 to 15 minutes before its discovery. Now, that being said, that totally contradicts the initial time frame that the police had given of his body being in the water for a couple of days. That's kind of odd to me, to be perfectly honest with you. 
Now, what they also did, what these uh, a couple of these guys also did, is they had his phone tested by a digital forensic analyst by the name of Derek Ellington because they wanted to, you know, find out, did a car really run over this phone or was it smashed, like, purposefully? And Derek Ellington actually says that the phone more than likely would have been a run over but it was broken by somebody first because of the way he had one of those older um like if you remember back in 2008 2009 you had the 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 flip phones they would like flip open and you had the keyboard right there well it was what those kind of phones and the way that it was broken you know possibly before it was ran over was it was twisted the hinge the way the hinges were bent it was like open and then somebody twisted it and then threw it on the ground. Then it was would have been run over by a car. With all that info, this does bring up a few questions that I personally have. One of which being, who slipped him the GHB? If he didn't get his own beer, then that leaves two people. One, the person who poured the beer. Two, the person who gave him the fucking beer. And I guess one of my main other questions is... I wonder if this place has like uh, food and beverage services contracted out because I know here in Fort Wayne at the at the Coliseum, we do have that. We have independent companies that come in with taps and beer and all that stuff, but they also have the actual employees of the Coliseum who also can, are allowed to serve alcohol and, and whatever the case may be because, I mean, if you think about it, Somebody had to have slipped him GHB at some point in time. It was almost double the max for a human being to naturally process in their body or naturally make, I should say. Like I said, depending on who he got his beer from, I wish Brandon, I wish a Brandon Venti dude would speak up. Like, who did he get his beer from? Because if it's an independent company like that inside, you know, the, the garden, then maybe that might be a lead. You know what I'm saying? Because somebody had to slip on this shit. Another question I have is, why would somebody need to impose or cause a blunt force trauma when even on security cameras, you can see how visibly fucked up this guy is? Like, he can't keep his balance. He's stumbling around, and he's staggering. Now, this also makes me wonder, what's with the bruise behind his leg? Maybe that was caused by the water, being in the water or something like that. But if somebody's really that messed up, it's not really going to take that much to work them over. And the, and the freaking kid wasn't even robbed. You know what I mean? The kid wasn't even robbed. He still had his keys and his wallet on him. There's nothing taken off of him. So, like, what's the motivation for this crime as well? That combined with the fact that from point A, where the phone call was made to his girlfriend, to point B, which is where his body was found, he literally walked by the county jail, man. He walked right by the county jail. So, I mean, you could have a number of people getting released. Granted, I don't know who's getting released at 8.30 on the evening. Usually it's in the morning, you know. Usually it's before noon, all right? And I don't know that personal experience. I read it in a book somewhere, okay? So that, for me, personally raises a bunch of questions. It, it really does. You know, maybe somebody had thrown him in a vehicle, beat him up. He didn't have any signs of sexual assault. 
So it really begs the question, was this just a murder for the sake of it being a murder? Or was it an accident? Maybe somebody punched him in the face and he fell in the water. Maybe somebody was trying to rob him and he fell in the water. But here's the deal, where his body was found would have been against the current. So at the same time, you know, unless he was closer up to the shore, you know, something of that nature, then it might have been an accident. I'm not 100% on the murder aspect. There's this case right here. There's not enough to convince me either way at this point. And the last update on this case that, that I could find was in February of 2019, after these four people started reinvestigating this case with William Hurley's family and looking into it, um, they called the local police to talk about more evidence and stuff like that. And the local police, I believe, uh, did the right thing. If I read the article right, which I'll tell you the article here in a minute, if I read the article right, um, the state police are investigating now with the additional evidence that this four-person team of badass detectives you know had come up with and i don't know it's just a really or a really weird case you know is the are the cops involved you know what i mean i mean i really don't think that obviously i'm sure some people do but just one of the weirdest disappearances where his body was found well like i said i'll show you you know i'll put, post the picture when i post the episode but let's say you have point a which is over here on the right hand side if you draw a line straight west almost like straight west, straight to the left, and it's about the equivalent of a five-minute walk, which for William Hurley's case, his body was about 25 feet offshore. I mean, directly west, that's where his body was found just floating in the river, and, and this was a week later his body was found. So his body had to have been either dumped close to finding it, or it would have had to have been dumped upriver. So I don't know. You guys... <laughs> this was an, a super confusing one. I do got to thank Chloe for suggesting this. She told me it was a pretty good one, and it, and it really is. This is definitely strange. But I will tell you this. It's not the only strange one out there. Between 2007 and 2016, 10 men between the ages of 18 and 26 have gone missing in this general vicinity and most of which their bodies were found in the uh, Charles River, which is pretty fascinating when you, when you get down to it. And there is a blogger or a blog spot. Uh, it's called Footprints at the River's Edge. It has information on most of these cases. To be honest with you, I didn't read any of the other ones. I just did this one. So if you want some further information about some of these cases, definitely check that out. A lot of the newer information I got on the case, you know, the current stuff from February of 2019, I got from Oxygen online. Uh, they do a thing called Crime Time. They have different cases and stuff on there. Uh, they're usually really short articles. They're not too bad, but it's nice for, uh, it's really good for updates and stuff like that. So if you do want some further information, I highly suggest those two places to go. And, um, you know, I'm sure if you Google his name, trust me, there's, a lot of information on this case and other possible victims of smiley face killers. So that's really about all I got for you. That's uh that's all the information I got. So I could really dig up. 
I hope you enjoyed it. It's definitely a thinking one. It really, really makes you think. And I know it's it's a short episode and there's not much information, but the information that is there is extremely intriguing because it really does make you think. You know, it's like, what what really happened that night? So, you know, if you want to shout out your theories or anything like that, I'd love to hear them. Uh, any or any updated information that I didn't catch, I would love to hear it. And uh, on that note, if you want to stick around for the reviews, you can. And if you don't, then don't. Other than that, social media. Let's see. Facebook, you can come by, like the page. You can join the group if you would like. Just type in Mysterious Circumstances Podcast in your search bar on Facebook and either hit the page or the group button after that. If you join the group, please answer the questions or you will not get in. Other than that, there is Instagram. You can follow me there. It's at Mysterious underscore podcast. Or you can follow my personal account, which is at burnitall 13 Burn it all in the number 13. Twitter, we have at PodcastMC, or you can follow my personal account, which is at Justin underscore Rimmel, which is my name. So uh, let's see what else. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I hope to see all you guys at uh, American Crime Fest. For those of you who do not know what that is, it's kind of like a crime con, except it's on the East Coast. It's going to be in Wildwood, New Jersey. November 9th and 10th, and it is going to be pretty badass. There's so many amazing guest speakers. You got your favorite podcasts going there, or maybe podcasts you hate. I don't fucking know what your preferences are. Literally all kinds of stuff going down. You got discussions. You got debates going on. You got uh, panels going on. Like I said, it's going to be a really good time. Check it out. Go to AmericanCrimeFest.com, or you can find them on Facebook as well for further information. I hope I get to see you there. should be a good time. Uh, anything else that I am forgetting? No, I don't think so. So, if you want to hang out, stick around for reviews. Just wait till after the music, and I'll see you on the flip side. Alright, let's read a few reviews. Um, from America, five stars. Buddy Fagan, glad to have found you. It was looking through podcast. I was looking through podcasts tonight and enjoyed hearing you reading reviews. I absolutely love you. Well researched, intelligent, wonderful voice, entertaining. We'll be listening for a long time. Find some true crime from Georgia. That's uh, Candy from Lawrenceville, Georgia. Go dogs! All right, listen. Don't get too excited because I'm not a Georgia Bulldogs fan. I'm actually an Indiana Hoosiers fan, obviously, die hard. Uh, so, you know, I'll still say go dogs because we'll never play each other. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, well, thank you very much. And you know what? I am actually going to uh, write that down right now. Case from Georgia. All right. I wrote that down and uh, here within the next few months, <laughs> I can never guarantee a timeline on, on episodes or cases or suggestions, uh, but I will uh, definitely look for a good case from Georgia for you. Thank you very, very much for leaving that five-star review. Next one is from Brinkzilla45, five stars, thumbs up. 
awesome stories. Keep up the good work. And then they gave me the fucking devil horn emoji. That's badass. Uh, Bringzilla40, you're fucking awesome. All right, big thumbs up for you. Uh, but no, in all in all reality, thank you very very much. Uh, like I said, you know, five stars can help a lot because well, I got a lot of one star reviews to read to you too today. So next one, five stars. MP seven two zero eight says interesting, informative, and soothing. I recently came across Justin's podcast. I love the topics, the details of the topic and Justin's voice, as I find it soothing. Uh, in an office full of dramatic females. <laughs> uh, the research is evident at, in each podcast. I leave each episode having learned something new, even in cases I'm very well versed. I would love to sit and pick his brain as to how where he finds some of his information. As for you naysayers who complain about his language, do you not listen to the intro and warnings? Then then have the audacity to bitch anyway love 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 this podcast mp7208 um you've really i like that um <laughs> i like how you referenced the uh office full of dramatic females that's fucking um it's funny uh but let's see what we got here yeah just uh that's my thing. I'm really not huge on covering cases. A lot of the cu cases I've done, I covered a couple years ago, and it was before, you know, a lot of other po podcasts did it, but uh, about two years ago, I had to switch my feed, so it looks like all my episodes were uploaded in 2017. A lot of those were uploaded in 2016, actually, so it's it's really weird how that works out, but I always try to dive in. If I do something that somebody else has done, I try to I don't want to say do a better job. I just try to find more because I don't know. I'm just weird about that to be perfectly honest. But, um, thank you very, very much for leaving that five star. It very much is, is appreciated. And, and you're, you can pick my brain any fucking time you want to about where I find my information. It's, uh, you know, I, sometimes I'm very, you know, vague on some of my references. I will admit that, but Every single thing can be found online. Like, I don't use uh, family information. I use public information only. That's a very safe way to go as a podcaster. You can rest assured that. Uh, next one is five stars from A4 Princess. It all started with Wyatt Earp. I haven't been able to stop. I'm addicted to this show. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Wyatt Earp was one of my favorite fucking episodes to do. And the main reason being because I got to learn about the real Wyatt Earp. You always see the movies. You see the little one-hour documentaries. I really wanted to dig into who that guy was, especially after I, I started getting into Doc Holliday, uh, also one of my favorite episodes. Uh, those two guys right there, I mean, them with the Cowboys and just how they were two totally different people, but also the exact same personality, it's honestly amazing. I'm sitting here with a big smile on my face, too, just talking about it, man. Those... Those episodes were so fucking cool to research, so uh, that makes me feel really good. That was a lot of fucking time, a lot of work, and a lot of research, but I I don't pat myself on the back. My listeners, uh, my regular listeners know I'm super fucking humble. Uh, I try, you know, I, you know, always stay humble. You never, never stumble, you know what I mean? But 
uh, I do pat myself on the back for those episodes. That was a lot of fucking work. So thank you. That really means a fucking lot to me. Next one is from uh, Lane P-A-C-L. I-A-N-E-N, I don't know, it's I-A-N-E-P-A-C-L, and I'm fucking sorry, man, or woman, I'm sorry, if, uh, like, that's not right, but it says five stars, and it has a thumbs up emoji, it says solid podcast, host is great and unpretentious, and the subject matter is always interesting, thank you very, very much, I try to not do, if it doesn't interest me, I'm not going to do a fucking episode on it. I get a hundred fucking requests. Almost don't care. Like, I don't know. I just see a lot of newer podcasters coming out. They're doing the same episodes have been done a hundred times. And it's like, man, it's like, you know, at a certain point, it's like, yeah, great. You know, I fucking know. But I always try to find interesting shit where it, whether it's paranormal or a disappearance or an unsolved murder or a historical figure. So, so I try to keep it interesting and, and I'm glad that you appreciate that. So thank you. Next one is from Steve three, four, seven, four says five stars. Great show. What a great show. Uh, I enjoy every episode. Your old West episodes are better than the podcasts that specialize in that topic. Keep up the good work, Steve. Fucking thank you, man. And, like I mentioned with the previous episode, that those are my fucking favorite episodes. Dude, Billy the Kid, even, and I already previously mentioned, you know, Doc Holliday and White Herb, um, Jesse James. I mean, fuck, man. Dude, those are, those are some of the most interesting people I've ever had a chance to research. And I've researched a lot of fucking, like, serial killers and weird shit, you know, like, demonically possessed people. But, man, those guys are real life. You know, it's, uh, it's a shame more people can't appreciate that. So I do appreciate your review. Thank you. Next one is from, uh, Lost Boy. Five stars, new favorite. Just started listening for the first time today. About 10 episodes and I'm already a huge fan. Jesus, man. <laughs> like, how fucking much do you work? Uh, love the format of the show and can tell Justin does thorough research and I'm loving some of the lesser known cases here. Easy to listen to and the perfect way to pass the time at work. Dude, I tell you what, uh, I found podcasts at work. I, I, my whole thing was the same thing. I've told the story like a thousand times, man, but I'll tell it again, like sitting at work one day, bored as shit, listen to the same fucking music on, you know, whatever listening device I was listening to. And, uh, I was like, man, I want to, I want to fucking like learn something new, something cool. Found podcasts. Month fucking later, I fucking released my first episode. Like, so I totally get the work thing and the lesser known cases that you brought up, dude. That right there is like really huge for me. I love doing lesser known cases that nobody else has done because there's so many interesting ones out there, man. So thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, next up, we got Chris, Christina S. Five stars, love it. Says, great podcast. Thanks for all the hard work. Really enjoy listening uh, to this while I work, uh, while I work overnights at a very boring job. You keep me entertained. Thanks, Justin. And then they got the nerd face emoji and then the fucking thumbs up emoji, both of which are two of my favorites. I use them all the time. Uh, Christina S., man, thank you. And I, I'm glad I can fucking keep you company on the, on the overnight shift. I work, uh, I work an evening shift as well, uh, you know, and I'm fairly bored half the time, so 
Uh, I mean, I'm always working, but I got a desk job. So, uh, you know, I appreciate that. And uh, glad you enjoying the show. Here we fucking go with a one-star review. Garrett9263B, one star, it says substance abuse, question mark. Pretty sure this guy has a drug problem. <laughs> I'm pretty sure natural selection can't fucking happen soon enough. All right. I will just throw that the fuck out there. Uh, Garrett, you know, you can literally kiss my asshole. <sighs> Substance abuse. I'm not sure where you come up with this. I know some of these fucking trolls now are stretching real fucking hard to leave reviews about anything absolutely not related to my fucking show. But whatever, man. Like, you do you. You know, I'm proud of you. Really hoping natural selection happens sooner than fucking later, man. Alright, we got Chumley. I think it's Chumley. Or Chummel. Fucking, that's one of those. Um, 300. Five stars. Awesome. Just recently started listening to this podcast and upset I didn't start sooner. Great research topics and interesting Puts it all together and makes it feel like it's a convo with old friends. It makes getting through the workday that much easier. Plus, Justin is an absolute savage with reviews. Uh, after one review, I was hooked. Ha ha. Uh, if you're ever in Virginia, I'll buy you around. Cody. Fucking Cody, dude. I'm just going to be perfectly honest with you, bro. Um, I'm going to fucking take you up on that offer one of these fucking days, man. And I shit you not, if you don't buy me around, we're not going to have problems because I'll end up you buying or buying you around and we'll still have a good fucking time, man. Talking about whatever, you know? So, Cody, man, from Virginia, thanks, dude. I, I fucking appreciate that. And, uh, actually, well, I'll be in New, New Jersey November 9th and 10th for American Crime Fest. And I'm actually going to West Virginia this weekend uh, for a live show out there. So visiting some friends, man, supporting the local podcasts and friends of mine. So, yeah, I'll make it to Virginia one of these days. Next one is actually a fucking really awesome guy. His name is Levi Page, five stars. A great podcast says Justin does an excellent job covering a wide variety of true crime and mysterious stories from characters from the Wild West to paranormal events and the missing and murdered. His podcast has something for everyone. Levi Page, coming from you, that is a fucking huge compliment. And for those of you who are not familiar with Levi Page, you can Google him. You can fucking look him up on Facebook. He's a fucking big dog. He has an amazing fucking podcast and it's not hard to find find he does stuff with Nancy Grace all the time. In all honesty, we follow each other on on social media on almost all actually all social media. Um and he's just an all-around fucking good guy. He really is. He's a stand-up fucking guy and I I respect that the hell out of him. I really do, man. He does great work, and he's a huge advocate. So, Levi, man, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Next up, we have a one-star. Lena Reed. Mysterious Circumstances. <laughs> I fucking swear to God. It says, he has foul mouth. <laughs> 
I like, I do find it amusing. I really do because I'm going to revert back to my original statement. Like fucking natural selection cannot come soon enough. Not even natural selection. Just start over. Start it fucking fresh, man. That's what Lena Reed makes me feel. Let's just have the nuclear apocalypse and fucking start all over again. Point period. Lena, you're a fucking idiot. Next one is from... I God damn, I can't pronounce his name. Um, Kyder Alsamuri. Alsamurai. That's five stars. Says, one of my new faves. Just found this podcast and it's already in my top five. And like I fucking say to everybody who, who says something like that, you know what, uh, Kyder, I fucking appreciate that. Uh, I'm happy to be anybody's top 100, you know, it's, uh, you know, whatever. So I, uh, I do greatly appreciate that. Oh, next up we got, uh, like I said, I told you guys there's going to be a shitload of reviews, man, this episode. Um, next one is from R- Renee Timms, five star. Why the fuck not? Says Rim was smart and articulate with his research and is uh, uh, th- authentically himself, pr- providing a refresh of ref- Jesus, man, I'm having a fucking hell of a time. <laughs> providing a refreshing perspective to his topics. A plus. <clears throat> Let me take a drink. For fuck's sake. <clears throat> Renee Timms, if that's how that goes together, you're fucking awesome. First off, and you're and you're absolutely right. Why the fuck not? Don't get me wrong. I can articulate some days better than others, but I'm a real fucking weirdo about details and timelines, man. So I really try my best, and I'm glad that it does not go unnoticed. So thank you very much. Next one is from Gary Zinker. Three stars. And I honestly thought at first he gave me three stars just to get out of the one star review fucking pool over here. But it says casual and boring. Give the average person a microphone and what happens? This podcast. Nothing special. I'm fucking totally going to agree with that. I I am nothing special. <laughs> Anybody can do a podcast. All it takes is a microphone and uh, about 15 bucks a month. That's literally fucking it. My my kids actually have their own podcast. You know, it's 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 a pretty easy thing to do. So, yeah, I'm nothing special. I I never claim to be. So, um thanks for the three stars, I guess. I don't know. You know. I really don't know what to say about that. Uh, let's fucking check another country here real quick. Let's check the UK. Let's see what we got. Jamie from Liverpool. Oh, I read yours uh, last a couple episodes ago. Uh, what else do we got? Australia. It says, I love this fucking name. If this is how you how you do it. Redmond Fanta Pants. <laughs> Okay, listen to me. First of all, Fanta is my favorite fucking pop ever. I don't drink much pop. I don't eat much sweets, sweets like at all. But if I'm going to drink a pop, it's going to be a fucking Fanta. All right. So Redmond Fanta Pants. Let's see. Five stars. Great podcast. 
says, man, I'd love for you to cover the Snowtown murders over here in Southern Australia. And it says, please Google it and read the story. Insane, man. And you know what? I am going to write that down just like the other one. Uh, Snowtown murders. Australia. Okay, I just wrote that down on my fucking notepad. So, I will uh, throw that in the lineup and we'll be fucking good to go. I can't wait to check that out. I haven't Googled it yet. I'm not going to fucking lie. When I am researching a case, I don't I don't look at suggestions. And I know fucking people get so mad at me because I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to look into that. And it, like, takes me two months. But, like, when you give me a case suggestion, I screenshot it. And not in a fucking weird, creepy way. But, like, if it's a case suggestion, I, I save that picture so that I can refer back to it later. So... Uh, let's see what else we got. We got fucking Canada. Yeah, let's see what's going on with Canada. Let's see if they left, left me any fucking hate mail. This. Oh, wait. Uh, yeah, I think that is it. Uh, thank you, everybody, for the reviews. I greatly appreciate it. Put down my phone now. Um, I can't, you know. Dude, you, MC Nation, the fucking Facebook group. You guys are my fucking tribe. Uh, you know, everybody who follows me on social media, obviously you guys know I'm a total fucking shit poster. Like, I post fucking memes all day, every day. But, at the same time, you know, I try to keep it cool, give everybody a little fucking heads up, you know, give them something to look forward to. But, you guys are my tribe, and I appreciate all the reviews and the feedback and everything like that. Um, you know, like, I, not to repeat myself for the hundredth time, but... I really fucking love you guys. I can't even thank you enough, man. So on that note, I will see you guys on the flip side.